You're listening to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast with Courtney and Brittany. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Courtney. And today we're here to talk about toxic positivity. Oh, that little thing we all <laughs> love to hate. The little thing that I honestly did not even know about or acknowledge until I embarked on this journey with my disabled child. And yet we were all probably guilty of doing it ourselves oh, before this. I, I, To be honest, I actually still am a little bit. Yeah, me too. I catch myself mm. every now and then. I'm like, why the fuck did I just why say that? Why did I say that? Yeah. And then That's I have not to like helpful. backtrack it. For those who don't know it or may not have heard it before, uh, toxic positivity is really um, oh god what is the best way to sum this up like I can give example like it's like okay so you like have a baby baby comes out baby's not doing well but alive surviving all this come like same situation ours ours like comes home has disabilities and stuff instead of it, when you complain about it or not complain about it but when you voice your struggles your issues Toxic positivity is somebody coming up to you and saying, well, just be thankful that you have a beautiful child, which I have experienced that myself, right? Or if you're talking about like the struggles that you will just be thankful, just be, it's it's negating the troubles that you have by having you look at the positive side of things. But it's also saying that these cannot coexist. And I think that that's the biggest issue is that it needs to be acknowledged that grief and trauma and mourning can coexist with gratitude. I mean, they don't negate each other. (laughs) Yes, it's forcing somebody to only acknowledge and emphasize the positive and negating that there are other emotions and there are other things going on. And by doing that, you're really just isolating that person and putting this person in a really dark place because guess what? (laughs) There is no one in the world who just lives in the realm of positivity. (laughs) No, no. And it's like the, 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 struggles need to be validated and the thing is that it's not exclusive to parents of kids that are disabled i it is i mean new moms deal with it all the time if you talk about how sleep deprived you are you'll be met with toxic positivity i think about even addiction yeah you know there's a lot of toxic positivity in that where it's like if you're struggling with addiction and you go like a month sober but then you 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 know Maybe you fall off the wagon and people are like, yeah, but you did a month. Or, hey, like like toxic positivity is everywhere. And you know what's really funny is Lino is a lover of like jazz, soul music, blues, like, you know, and one of his favorite songs is a cover uh, of Nat King Cole's Smile. Mm. Gregory Porter does the cover and... Uh, we all know that song, right? You know, mm-hmm. smile, even though your heart is breaking. You know, like yep. Yep. Th- that song gets under my fucking skin. No, <laughs> because it is like the epitome of toxic positivity. So when you, when you think about it, it, that's that's the whole concept of the song is is hey, just smile. Your world is falling apart, but fucking but smile, just smile, man. Just, just smile. Fucking smile. <laughs> It's so funny you say that because Alden, whenever I, I put Alden down for a nap or bed, 
he loves that I sing Pennies from Heaven for him. <laughs> like, I have to sing Pennies from Heaven. And I always think about that, too, right? And I'm like, well, like, not quite as much as Smile, but, like, I'm like, well... Yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> like I feel like there's some like toxic positivity in that. There song. is. So, there's a, right? there's like, a lot <laughs> of it in, in many songs. And listen, yes. I, I'm not saying that you know looking on the bright side is necessarily a bad thing. But when a lot of us, honestly, I, I I'm tired of even saying a lot of us or most of us. I feel like all of humankind struggles with some level of mental illness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's kind of human nature. Yeah. It really is. And some of us struggle more so, you know, than others. <laughs> Hands up. Um, Hands up. <laughs> but, you know, I, I really think all of us struggle with a little bit of, you know, mental health issues on some level. Anxiety, depression, we all have our bouts and our episodes. Some of us just bounce back faster for sure. Um but there's a lot of damage that can be done when somebody is going through really heavy, difficult times and struggling with trauma and the PTSD of of that trauma when all you're getting from somebody is, well, at least, mm. or hey, mm-hmm. but, you know, your child's alive or your child's is, you know, I feel shame when that happens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel a lot of shame. Uh, one of the most common toxic positivity statements I hear a lot is people being like, oh, yeah, well, I kind of went through the same thing and everything's fine now. Or like, mm. you know, I, I, that's okay. My, my kid had that too, but look at my kid now. And like that makes me feel so shameful because mm-hmm. it's like, well, one, I start thinking, should I not be feeling this way when it's natural to feel sometimes you're going to have negative or intrusive thoughts that are that are yeah they're 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 really not happy and and pleasant and positive but then to feel shameful for feeling mm. that or to think that it is really hard mentally to bounce back from that yeah. you know and i i feel that a lot when people say certain statements to me it forces us to mask which is yeah. really, which is a huge issue, right? And Courtney and I both having dealt with like birth trauma and, you know, our kids having birth injuries and, and all that, we've dealt with a ton of toxic positivity after oh God, yeah. the deliveries. I'm the kind of person where the way that I process trauma is by discussing it. It's kind of how I, like, get my thoughts together. It's kind of how I reflect on things. I, I talk about my trauma and my struggles and, and all of that a lot because that's just how I process it. Yeah. I'm not an internal internalized processor by any means. And so there were a lot of times that I very matter-of-factly wanted to talk about my delivery. Like, yeah. very just like, this is what happened. It was extremely traumatic. I was met time and time and time and time again with people saying like, well, just be thankful that the baby's alive. Like, just be thankful you're all home now. Yeah. And I'll never, I'll never forget. I don't want to say who it was, but I'll never forget that I started discussing it with somebody. And I started going through the hours within the delivery room and everything that happened. And I'll never forget that I was met with, well, I don't want to talk about that because that Ooh. doesn't make me feel good. Let's just be thankful yeah. for where we're at now. Oh, gosh. That's rough. <laughs> 
I will never forget that. And I will tell you right now that that person that said that to me, I 100% mask in front oh, of. Oh, yeah. That yeah. that person has to be at like the furthest distance from you now, yes. right? Yes. Yes. I 100% Push them away, shut down. That's what happens. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it takes so much energy to mask in front of people, right? I mean, when we can't be our authentic self and we can't discuss the feelings that we're feeling without feeling some level of guilt or without essentially almost being made out to be a bad person, right? Because it's like when you talk about your authentic Negative Nelly. Issues. Oh, yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> It, it literally, like, people literally, by doing this toxic positivity, are saying, like, well, you're a bad person because you're not, you know, you don't have gratitude You're not for focusing on the going positive. On. <laughs> 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 and it's, like, it's so unbelievably exhausting to have to now then feel like, well, who do I confide in? Who do I, ma- like, who do I not have a mask on for? And... The people that I have to be like, I don't want to be around those people. I don't want to do that. You know, and and I am not, see, this is where it gets kind of tricky because I am not somebody that overly talks about struggles in relation to Cyrus because there's a lot of times that I don't feel that it's people's business right like I'm not the one to run to social media all the time (laughs) especially when I want to maintain his privacy as well but when it comes to family and friends and everything like that like you should be able to openly discuss that without people saying well don't focus on the negative well but there is it exists it exists within our life to not focus on it does not mean it's not existing. It doesn't it's make it go there. away. Yeah, it does not it's make it there. go away. Yeah, like just sit with us in our feelings. Tell us it fucking sucks. Like realize that they coexist and we can still be gracious because we are. We have so much gratitude for our kids and for the situations that we're in, even if they are shitty situations. The fact that we are in shitty situations with our kids does mean that our kids are alive and we're able to be in these situations with them, right? So like, right there we have the gratitude so it doesn't need to be like well don't focus on the negative (laughs) i hate that i also feel like it's so frustrating because just because we might be i don't know uh, taking a negative stance on something in the moment or we're talking about something that's negative doesn't also mean we're focusing on it Like, sometimes it's just what you're saying. It's just kind of a processing element. There's like a a venting part Mm -hmm. of it, you know? Sometimes it's just, I got to talk about it. I got to get it out because internalizing it can be so damaging. So So damaging. It's really not that I'm focusing on the negative. It's actually me talking about it shows that I need to talk about it because it's it's weighing so heavily on me that if I'm going to sit here and carry it myself without just kind of getting it out there into the world, yeah. wh- why should I not be talking about it? Why should I not be talking about the struggles I go through as a mother with a disabled child or with a, children in general? Yeah. You know, it's really hard being a parent. I remember um, 
a family member when uh, we were in NICU. I had a family member who their child was in NICU. And the message that I received while we were in NICU at Lino was meant to be like a message of support. But it was, Mm. hey, you know, so-and-so was in NICU. And now look at so-and-so. Yeah. And I was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that was the outcome. But that very well in that moment. Now, mind you, this was like the very first few days when Lino's life was very much on the line still. Yeah. And it was like, are you serious? Because <laughs> any minute now, I could lose my child. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there's there's a community in any NICU experience for sure. But the toxic positivity of like, well, my child came out the NICU all good and, and well and great now. It, that is not a, a, an across the board experience. And throwing that at somebody in those really vulnerable moments is is kind of traumatizing. I did not respond to that message. And also how... Like, you have to think, like, how does it make you feel when that's not what it looks like for you? Exactly. That's that's the point. You know? Is, is, you, you know, every experience is so unique. And when you're, in, particularly in this case, when you're in a NICU experience, I'm sorry, but in a lot of cases, life is on the line. Yeah. Yes, yeah. there is. there are kids that go to NICU just for some extra support and just to make sure they're monitored properly and their outcome is looks very good but most babies that are in NICU their life is on the line yeah so it 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 does no good to say that and this carries over in not just a NICU experience but this carries over in all experiences you know your outcome in a certain experience does not mean that that outcome it is going to happen for someone else in that experience and by highlighting it and being like yeah but look at my experience I went through the same thing and look at how great everything is now is fucked up yeah because it's not across the board no and and again it negates what the person who is receiving that feedback it negates their feelings and their experience and it isolates them and it makes them feel guilty and it makes them feel shame. And in some ways, it probably even terrifies them more. Yeah, because I mean, that's that's the thing is like it creates even more of an isolation, toxic positivity, right? Because it's like the main reason why people give off toxic positivity is because they do not want to feel the discomfort that comes with I don't even want to call it negativity because sometimes it's just life. It's just it's just the reality. It's yeah. just our reality. Like our reality, our kids go in for surgery. They have to go under anesthesia. They have there are you risks. Know, medical. They're risk. So when we're having to talk about these realities for us, people hit us with this toxic positivity because they don't want to feel the discomfort for us with us. They don't want to feel yeah. that discomfort that all of this brings, and so it leaves us having to carry that on our own. And that's yeah. a really, really heavy weight to carry. And it's extremely selfish to meet other people. And, and sometimes it's not intentional. Because like we said, like, we, we still do it. I still do it. I don't even realize that I do it sometimes. Yeah. No, I definitely still do it sometimes. Yeah. But it's extremely selfish when you're doing it 
very intentionally because you don't want to talk about certain things it's such a selfish move and we've I think we've all dealt I know that I've dealt with it personally um you know with our situation with Cyrus and 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 all that um but it's a really selfish move because it leaves the person who's feeling all of these emotions to just feel them on our own yeah and to feel like it's wrong to feel that yeah. It, it makes you feel like it's so wrong to feel that. And sometimes I, do, I, I know that the undertone is, is definitely selfish, but I, I think even there's a chunk of people who use toxic positive statements simply because they honestly have no idea what else to say. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it's no, like I this agree. default because it seems like that's what you should say when really it's, it's not – and I don't think it's talked about enough how much it's not okay. And mostly because even myself, I've done this when people do say those things to me. Um, I just mentioned like a family member said that and I didn't respond. Like that's usually what happens on the the receiving end is you like shut down. You don't say anything or you don't challenge it because you're just like, oh, well, this seems like how society handles this. It almost mm-hmm. feels like is is by throwing that toxic positive statement at you when you're just wallowing in in your shit in the moment yeah like literally and I want to talk about more like people closer to you right like not strangers on the internet but people closer to you I think some people kind of default to that because they don't necessarily want to process their own trauma and if they can't process their own trauma, they're sure as hell is not going to help you process yours, right? And so here's a story, and, you know, I I don't know if my mother-in-law will ever hear this. And, and if so, like, this is nothing against her whatsoever. But I, I remember we were in the NICU, and um, she wanted to come visit. And we had just got, I don't remember, oh, I think we just got the MRI results literally like right before she walked in the door, right? And and Kyle and I, we didn't have time to talk about it. We weren't processing it. Um, it was a lot of information <laughs> thrown at us. And like, bless my mother-in-law, but she comes in and happy-go-lucky and she has this huge bag of like baby clothing because she went to shop for the baby right and like Kyle and I were just kind of sitting there and we're like and she's like pulling <laughs> pulling Ooh. one outfit out and then the next outfit and then the next outfit and it was so challenging for us in that moment because for me it was like I didn't know if I was taking my baby home and he'd be yeah. able to wear those outfits yeah and it was so tough oh my having to sit that's there. so cringeworthy <laughs> I know she you know I I think Kyle kind of took on the responsibility of like keeping certain people updated right so it was like her it was like you know our friend group but more like that that he brought in you know like people that yeah so like he was taking on the responsibility of that I was having the responsibility of like my parents my sister my best friend 
and all that. So I don't really know how much he was telling her or not telling her. I have no yeah. idea. So, like, she could have just come in and, like, been, like, oh, completely out of yeah. the know. And I'm sure she felt so inadequate not knowing what to do. So this was, like, her way of contributing in some fashion. Yeah. And, like, and like that's the thing is that a lot of people who do it, they, they don't know what else to they do. They don't know. But it's, like, sometimes it's as simple as just saying, like, What's going on? How can I support you? Like, do you want to talk about it? And then that's it. Like, let us talk about it, you know? Yeah. That story is, like, nothing at all to, like, shit on that situation or her. But it was really challenging in that moment to feel all of these big, huge feelings, to not have processed the trauma that we were facing, and to sit there and, like, have to look at all of these baby clothes and be like, I don't know if my kid's going to survive. Like, I don't know if I'll ever see him wear those clothes. Yeah, that's so hard. I so saw it's kind of also like situational awareness, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know what's really interesting is because now we're kind of thinking about these early days is that Stefano and I were really good at throwing toxic positivity at each other. Yeah, you know, Kyle and I too. Yeah, in the beginning, I remember having conversations with him and being like, well, you never know. He'll probably like walk one day. Yeah. Or like, oh, yeah, you know, like he could totally like do this maybe. You never know. Or, you know, it's wild to think about how it's a very common coping mechanism despite Mm -hmm. how toxic it is. It's so toxic. (laughs) It's so, so crazy. Because when I really think back about how we used to talk about Lino's disability or what his life might look like, it was just riddled with toxic positivity. Yeah. Riddled with it. And, and yeah. we, we've spoken about even mobility devices, how mm-hmm. like we've been like, oh, like our worst case scenario sort of situation be like, well, yeah. maybe he'll walk with crutches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a, there was a it, lot of that. Yeah. It, it's like ableist toxic positivity undertones and all of it, mm-hmm. you know, and it it's, comes very naturally sometimes it and you does. have to be very aware because it's it does a lot of damage. It does. And it really and Kyle and I we, we you we would do the same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> it's so crazy, but Kyle and I are very opposite in how we process trauma. And and it's so funny because like we make a really good team, but we are so opposite in how we process trauma and there was a good amount of time after Cyrus was born, where he would talk to me in a certain way and I would have to say to him, like, I don't need you to comfort me the way you would want to be comforted because that's not helpful. That doesn't help me. Don't comfort me the way that you would want me to comfort you because it makes me mad. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because he would very much be like, you just need to let it go. (laughs) You know, like, it's fine. Everything's fine now. And I'm like, this Mm -hmm. isn't helping. And it took a long time for us. I mean, I very specifically remember my best friend at the time. She, Her baby was born five months after Cyrus. And I remember her texting me saying, like, I'm home right now and I just went into labor. And I had such a physical panicked reaction over that. Because yeah. she was the first person I knew after Cyrus that was having a baby. I had... An absolute, like, panic attack over her. And I, like, all these, like, PTSD memories coming back up. And I remember I just kind of sat there and I was, like, crying. And and there was also the 
part of me that remembered that going into labor at home and remember the excitement I felt and how it just went to shit, right? Yeah. So like like mourning that, mourning that excitement of like, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. And I remember like I was having almost a full-blown panic attack and, and Kyle, like I love him, but he was trying to comfort me the way that he would want to be comforted. And he was like, you're past that. Like that happened. It's all done. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm like? Oh, Kyle. Oh, this isn't, this isn't. Ha-. And I got so mad and it ended up turning into an argument between him and I and he was like I don't understand why you're getting mad at me yeah like how did how did it get to that yeah because the intention is is the intention was really really good and I'm like you're not I I don't need you to try to fix this this isn't gonna be fixed it's not a situation that (laughs) it'll never be fixed no (laughs) amount of therapy is gonna fix me at this point you know I can cope with it better, but it's not going to fix the fact that this happened. And so that was kind of like the turning point for us where I really started to, to start to communicate like, you need to comfort me the way that's going to work for me. And, and that means letting me process my trauma by talking about it. Like, yeah, it's happened. It's done. Like, we're past that. I get it. But it's still very real for me. Yeah. And it's still going to come up every now and then. Yeah. And it so, still like, you, does. You might, be, you might be at a stage in your, in your life where, yes, it, you're kind of, quote, unquote, past it. But... Mm-hmm. Trauma doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Trauma is not so black and white where you heal from it one day and then it doesn't come back. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're going to have periods where it's just going to it's going to pop up and you're going to have a lot of feelings about it and I think it's interesting that you mentioned how a lot of times it's really somebody trying to avoid their own feelings about it and that's that speaks a lot of truth because sometimes you're going to have these moments like we're talking about where you know something just boils up and it brings up past trauma and somebody responding with a toxic positive attitude back is there is an element of them just not wanting to rehash it and like I get it I do and I think if that's the case where maybe maybe you're the person who is hearing it and you're like, you know what, I'm not in a good mental space to hear this right now. I think people need to just acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. You can still say like, hey, I hear what you're feeling right now and I hear what you're saying. I don't think I can talk about this right now. You know, it's something maybe mm-hmm. that's affecting me that I can't, I just, I can't talk about this right now. And I think right. that's a fair response, mm-hmm. but you have to give that response. You know, you yeah. can't just be like, oh, but hey, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be okay. Things happen for a reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, if I could just put a fork in my eye every time I hear that. Special parents get special kids. Ugh, fucking. Ugh. Everything happens for a reason, really. I can't. <laughs> that one is... I it's that one and it's the you're so strong. Oh, I cannot. I don't know. Does this fall under toxic positivity? I feel like it kind of does, but like I don't know how you do it. But yeah. like it's it's said in a fashion where it's like you you are so strong. I don't know how you do it. Like I don't know yeah. how you do it. Oh my god, you're so like oh, but 
I just don't know how you do it. It, and it does fall under that because I oftentimes am met with that when I am dishing it out. So like yeah. if, I, if I'm talking about a really hard day or week <laughs> or month, it's always met with like, you're so strong. I don't know how you do exactly. it. It's along the lines of you're so strong is really yeah. the intention of the statement. And I understand that by saying like, oh my God, you're so strong for doing what you're doing sounds like it's such a nice thing to uh, say. It, it is But not. it does, right? I it know, sounds but like it's, it's like, <laughs> Oh, but I'm, I'm reassuring you that you're so powerful and you're so so strong the thing is is it it does nothing to validate what someone is actually going through no it does absolutely nothing to validate that and people need to start using statements that are more affirmative and acknowledging like hey I see what you're doing and I think you're doing a great job or I see how much work you put into this. Yeah. Just simple statements of acknowledgement do so much more for a person who's going through something than being like, everything happens for a reason. Things will yeah. work out. Like that. that's not helping at all for, for somebody to deal with the complex feelings that we're dealing with when trauma is involved. Yeah. I remember like early on, because I would always confide in my mom and I remember early on I would just like call her and cry (laughs) and all this and I remember the thing that she always said that kind of made me feel better about things is it wasn't like you're so strong like she would always say you have to be strong for your baby Hmm. and I always remember being like Yeah, because it acknowledged the fact that there was no choice, right? There's no choice to being strong. Everyone who's in our position would find You do just have to do it. Yeah. You just have to do it. And it it felt very validating of like, you're forced into this. Like, you, you have no choice. And you're doing it for your kid. And I remember like, just saying it that way of being like, you have to stay strong for your baby. Like, he needs you was so validating for me. And I and I remember doing the same thing with her because I, I know I'd mentioned in previous episodes she was diagnosed with cancer um, nine days before Cyrus was born. So right before I went into labor, she had her MRI results or CT, I don't remember. But like, you know, she started chemo. I remember, I think the day he went into the, like the day I had given birth to him and he was in the NICU, like, I remember they like would have to wheel her in a wheelchair down to the NICU to come see us and all this. And it just, it got progressively worse as, you know, time went on. And I remember we were home and I was having a really, really hard time. Um, I wasn't seeing her that much because she was really, really sick from the chemo. And I remember calling her and just crying. And I was like, Mm. you need to be strong for me. Like you need to do this for me you need to survive for I need you I need you so much and I'm not done with you being my mom and you being here and it was never like you've got this you can do this you know it was like you have to fucking do this (laughs) you have to you have to do like I know you want to quit you want to be done with it you have to do this because I still need you you still have people who are so dependent on you and like I'm not done with you being my mom yet like I and I think she had to hear that. I think I had to hear that when she did it for me and, and yeah. you know, me as a mom for Cyrus. 
I always thought that that sort of sentiment in those sorts of statements are huge as well like my I remember calling my dad and crying my eyeballs out when I was in NICU and ah, this statement has gotten me to where I am now and will carry me till the day I I die but he I was just you know wallowing in it all and he was like you have been through so much already you have survived so much already really hard things and what he was referencing was my addiction where Mm -hmm. I very well could have killed myself and almost did and he's like you you've done really hard things this is just another really hard thing yeah that you were going to do and it was like fuck yeah I guess so You know, it was like, you're right. Like, life is not easy. There there are always complex things that are happening to us. And sometimes that's what you need is, like, somebody on the other end just being like, hey, guess what? This is a necessity. This is yeah. a necessity of life. You are going to deal with hard things. You have people who are, depend on you. You have people who love you. And sometimes... You just got to fucking get through it. Yeah. Because there's no choice. Like what? What's there the, is what's, no choice. What's the other outcome? It's not saying mm-hmm. that it's not going to be hard, right? It's not somebody being like, oh, don't worry. It'll work out. It might not work out how you want it, but you're still going to do it mm-hmm. because this this is life. Yeah. Like the, this is fucking life. And, and anybody who will sit there and think that somebody has it easier – Get that fucking thought out of your head. We all have shit. And all of our lives are plagued with difficult situations, trauma, heartbreak. Like, this is not a unique human experience. We need to be better at acknowledging it, validating it, and supporting people. Yeah, I I find myself sometimes when I, like, hear other people complain complain about things I find myself sometimes being like oh well (laughs) you know (laughs) but like I I have to sit back and I have to say to myself like it's all relative it is that may be the most challenging thing that this person is dealing with ever or as of lately or anything like that like it's all relative and just because it looks a hell of a lot easier than what I'm going through <laughs> doesn't mean that it doesn't necessarily carry the same weight. I mean, I think it's all it's perspective, true. right? I think it it's is, like yeah. we've talked about this in one of the early episodes where it's like having a kid with disabilities and medical complexities and having to make decisions and having life on the line has put so much shit into perspective where it's like yeah. the things that I used to stress about <sighs> – I don't. That doesn't mean other people aren't going to. And I can say that because if I looked at life in a different situation than what I'm in now, like, I'd still be fucking stressed out about all that stuff. You know, like, I would still lose sleep over this most ridiculous thing, right? (laughs) Like, But it's true. It, It really is relative. And grief, trauma, all these things, or even just simple day to day tasks, like you're saying, some things might be nothing to one person, but way much heavier on another person. And that doesn't change it. It's no. like we're all unique individuals and we're all going to experience life uniquely. 
and yeah. how we handle it and how our brains and our bodies and how we were brought up to handle these situations is going to vary. And we have to be more in tune to that and we have to be more appreciative of the fact that all of us handle things differently, but we all still need validation. We all still need support. And I I see this big issue within the parenting community for those who have disabled kids. I see this huge divide between them and other parents. And I understand it, right? I, yeah. I get it because there is a big divide. Like we are doing things that other people would never have. I don't want to say never, but like are not doing in the moment, right? Other people yes. that don't have medically complex kids and things like that. So there's this huge divide and it's almost, we are creating toxic positivity on the other side. There's so many posts as of lately I've been seeing of like, oh, your kid's starting school and I don't have that. And and like, you might be sad that your baby's going off to kindergarten or this or that, but I don't have that. And and that is creating the toxic positivity because it is saying like, you should be thankful that your kid's going to school when my kid can't. Yep. And we're doing the same exact thing to other communities and we cannot do that because I'm telling you right now, I am going to be just as sad sending Alden off to preschool as I was sending to Cyrus off to preschool. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. those are big, momentous things that, like, you're never going to have the years back prior to that. And we cannot sit here as a community of parents who have disabled kids and tell the other community of parents that have non-disabled kids, well, you should be thankful. Like, no, their shit is probably the worst. Like, that's probably some of the biggest feelings that they have felt thus far on their journey. Like, don't negate it just because our kids can't partake in the same exact things that their kid is. Like, it doesn't work that way. No, and you're so right. Like, we also perpetuate that. And we have to acknowledge our role. What role are we playing to instigate toxic positivity towards us Mm -hmm. because I can tell you just like we've talked about in social media how I scrub my account and how many icky posts I've put up in the past I can tell you I was asking for toxic positivity with what I would write and what I would post Mm -hmm. I was essentially asking somebody to come in my comments and be like but but look Mm -hmm. at this but look Mm -hmm. at this and everything's great and everything's going to be fine and you know you're so strong and like I was literally asking for it for with the mm-hmm. content I was putting out there so there is a two-way street here for yeah. sure 100 percent. Yeah. I think that we have to acknowledge our role as parents also across the entire spectrum of society right yeah because Gosh, this is going to make me so unpopular. But <laughs> there is, there Wait, is. Can we, we can like start a drinking game on. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there so you're going to hate me after I, I say know, this. No, <laughs> you're going to hate me after I say this. But there is this really big. Mm, there's this big movement that I see, particularly with the parenting community of kids who are disabled. Where we are segregating ourselves almost intentionally from every other community. And that includes the disabled community. That includes the community of other parents. Um, And it's, oh, it's really 
bad. It's really bad. bad. And it it goes back to, like I said, like people talking about other kids starting kindergarten and their kid not and this and that. And, And before, here's the thing though. Before Alden was born, I very much was like, I was in it, right? I was in that because I would like, Kyle and I would always kind of make jokes to each other and and we would talk about the things that we'd have to do and the decisions we'd have to make and the weight that all of that carried. And I remember like, we would almost talk about this and kind of go back and forth and be like, oh yeah, meanwhile, somebody else is talking about how their kid won't eat their fucking chicken nuggets, right? And like, (laughs) and let me tell you, now, as a mom with interable children, it is really challenging when your kid doesn't eat their fucking chicken nuggets. Dude, (laughs) I can't even. Like, it's so bad. It's it's really so so bad. It's so bad. And so like, and I sit there and I look at the shit that I go through with Alton and I look at the shit that I go through with Cyrus and it's so different. But I'm like, holy hell, like both of you exhaust me. Yes. (laughs) It's so different how it looks, but honestly, it's so similar. It's so similar. It's so similar. And the thing is, is that I don't want to like, I don't want to make the challenges that come with having a child with disabilities invalid because they're not yes. they're, they no, are absolutely yeah. not like listen when I see moms over there like changing trachs and g-tubes and having to fight insurance and like that's fucking hard that is yeah. hard but that doesn't mean that we should be isolating ourselves from other parents and other people, and it doesn't mean that we should be giving the toxic positivity to other people by saying, like, well, it's not that bad. Well, just because it's not as bad as what you consider doesn't mean it's not that bad for those people, you know? It's all fucking perspective. We need to stop... I, I feel like I've I've shifted gears and I, I that wasn't my intention because I, I really <laughs> wanted to I really wanted to like come on here and and I know Courtney too like be the voice of support for people who have received the toxic positivity but I do think it's only fair to go back and forth and say like we can't dish that out too yeah I, no you yeah know? I think I, I really it's I, it's so true because I feel like when we started talking about doing this episode we were like yeah we're gonna be like fuck you and your toxic positivity don't do that shit and then organically we got to the point where we're like oh shit we, play we do a part it too. In this too yeah we do it too we absolutely do it too and the thing is is that i i think it's important to sit back and realize that we receive toxic positivity a lot of times because people don't want to feel the discomfort that we feel when it comes to all of this stuff. Yeah. We dish it out to other people that aren't experiencing it because I think that there is a level of envy or sadness or or whatever it is that we realize we'll never feel that simplicity. And so yeah. it, it's kind of like almost the opposite ends of the spectrum because we're saying, well, you know, you don't want to feel my level of discomfort. And then at the opposite end, we're saying, you will never feel our level of discomfort. Yeah. So be thankful, you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what it is. It's so crazy, but it, it is true. There, There is a lot of um, perpetuation from from a parental 
side of it or caregiver side of it. I honestly think until we just started talking about it, I never, it never really even dawned on me, but it's, it's very, very true. There's a delicate balance here about what you're putting out there and what you're portraying about your life and how you're presenting it to your loved ones and your friends and society on social media. I mean, there are a lot of situations where you're almost asking for it. Yeah. You're asking to be told that everything's going to be fine or, hey, look on the bright side. I mean, imagine how, like, society would be if instead of doing all of this weird toxic positivity that we were doing, like, imagine how nice it would be if, like, a friend of yours came up to you who doesn't have a disabled kid and chicken nugget example, right? And said, like, my kid's not eating their chicken nuggets. I'm going up a wall, this and that. And you said, like, well, you know, my kids had five seizures in the past week and instead of just being like well look at the bright side like you both were like that fucking sucks like these exactly like you know what i mean like are not not even seizures but just being like you know my kid you know like (laughs) it doesn't have to be a comparison we're not trying to compare seizures to chicken nuggets what we're saying is that it what the feelings of that people are going through though those don't need to be compared sometimes we could just wallow in our shit man exactly and do it together I do it together because let me tell you, there are a lot of things that I deal with with both kids that are not specifically related to like Cyrus's disability or all them not being disabled. And it's like, it's funny because my best friend, I've known her for, oh God, I I don't, since kindergarten. It's been a long time. I've known her for my entire life. And she has a daughter with medical complexity as well. But it's like, there are times when we kind of just will like, talk about how tough things are and like sometimes we'll just be like these fucking kids yeah. <laughs> like like completely not related <laughs> to like the medical complexities or the disabilities or any like sometimes our kids just drive us up a wall and that's part of parenting and that's part of being a kid and that's part of normal life and like you know it's how it is like sometimes just sit back and be like what the fuck is going on with these kids yeah. <laughs> it's a Seriously. lot better yeah it's a lot better <laughs> i think I, you know people might be shocked to hear this but i think that's the majority of you and i conversation <laughs> it really is it, really it has is. nothing to do with like uh, the medical complexities of our, our disabled children or anything a lot of times yeah. it's just me and Brittany bitching about our kids yeah, like how many times As like a do general we, statement. All the time. All Courtney and I will constantly, like at least like a few times a week, if not daily, we'll just text each other and be like, what the what fuck the is going on fuck. with these kids? And then I'll be like, oh, a full moon's coming. It must be a full moon. Like <laughs> The fucking just, full moons. Yeah. But then there are other times, Court, where like you and I will come to each other with really, really hard things. Heavy, right? Yeah, like that. Really heavy stuff. Really heavy, really hard things. Like we both go through it, you know, especially with our kids being in school. There's a lot of stuff with that. And as a friend and as a, you being my friend, I don't ever think that we meet each other with that toxic positivity because we know like these are so valid. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because sometimes even when we're texting, I have I have to take a minute to step back and actually like absorb what you're saying to me before I just spit out the words. Does that make sense? Because I do have to like filter that out because sometimes it naturally comes. <laughs> but that's exactly what I mean. You have to process 
what people say. And in order to process what people are saying, that sometimes makes you feel certain feelings. And I think that's why people are so quick to deliver the toxic positivity. I mean, right there. like You don't want to take the time or the effort and then you also don't want to be in your own feels over it. Like you're like, oh, you know, but if you actually want to be a friend or a supportive family member, you know, and that's what your goal and your intention is, is to be a support. You have to do that. You have to do that. And it really does take effort. I'm sorry, but it's work. Sometimes it's work. There are times where it it takes me 15 minutes to respond to Brittany. And it's not that I didn't see her message, but I have to like process it and really be aware of my words and how I'm saying it because I know from experience how receiving certain phrases and sentences and, and words can affect somebody. Mm-hmm. If I really want to be a support to you or a support to my friends and my family, I have learned through this process that that's what I need to do. I need to take a step back and I have to process it first, think about what is being said to me and this even sometimes what I was saying when it happens in person is when like with Stefano when I'm like hey right now is not the time like you have to give me a minute I need to think about it or like he'll say to me because I don't say anything he's like are you gonna respond and, not and right like, now. Um, not right in this moment because it'll be like three minutes of silence. And it's literally my brain trying to take it all in and think of the response that's appropriate for the situation. I think that can be scary and I think that it can be intimidating because... Yes. Um, and it can be scary and intimidating for somebody who does it. Sometimes it's a lot. It's like, ugh. And the thing is, is that like... Sometimes sitting with somebody in their feelings means that you're acknowledging the potential negative or bad outcomes, right? And so, like, I'm saying this because, Courtney, (laughs) you and I going back and forth, you know, like, we're, we're dealing with certain things and, like, you're dealing with some stuff within your family. And there are times when, like, you'll talk to me about it and you'll say, like, these are my concerns, And I very easily could turn to that toxic positivity and say, like, I'm sure everything will be fine, which to some extent would probably be comforting to you, right? (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It it probably would be. Yeah. But then there's, like, but then there's the other part where it's, like, I understand your concerns. They are extremely valid. They are extremely real. This does happen elsewhere. Like, I'm not going to be the person to say, like, this is impossible this will never happen because it it could and so to come up to somebody and and validate those feelings in a way that isn't going to turn it into a positive it can almost make you feel like you're not being a good friend (laughs) yeah you know because there are times where I'll come up to you and I'll be like no I get it like it fucking sucks like my sister went through the same thing it's tough like this shit happens And, and there's that part of me that's like, don't say this. Like, tell her everything will be fine. But that's that's not that's not what you're feeling. And yeah. the realities that you're being faced with are very valid and very real. And so I think it can be really hard, even like internally, <laughs> turning off that that toxic positivity because it, it does kind of border that line of like 
am I being a supportive friend in a comforting way or am I being a supportive friend in a validating way? And those are very different. They can be yes. very different. Well, specifically what Brittany's referencing right now is I, I'm going through a lot with my mother and her her own illnesses. I've been venting to her about it. And you would think like her turning around and being like, hey, listen, everything's going to be okay. Your mom's going to be fine. It'll work itself out. That sounds like that is a wonderful thing to hear. And I'm not going to say it's not a wonderful thing to hear because yes, like I would love, I would love for that to be the truth. But instead, what Brittany did in this particular situation was she she talked about how she been through something very similar and, you know, how it was very hard for her and that she understands what I'm feeling. And the benefit of that conversation helped so much more. Aww. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if people really get that because it, it sounds like, well, yeah, but it, the, the toxic positive statement is not, it doesn't sound like a bad thing to say. But a lot of times when we're talking about these really difficult things, really what we want is to feel like we are not the only person who has been through it. And to feel like, okay, Brittany, Brittany understands, Brittany has a similar experience it's not exact right so she's not going to 100 percent understand but i'm not looking for that i'm looking for somebody to say hey it's hard hey i'm sorry that it's this hard for you you're doing what you can and you need to acknowledge that and you need to be there and you need to keep going and that I'm able to then walk away from the conversation I have with Brittany in regards to my mother specifically and be like, okay, this shit fucking sucks, but I am not the only one. (laughs) Life fucking sucks. Shit fucking happens. We got to barrel through it. I'm going to vent it out when I need to, and I'm just going to keep going. I personally feel that toxic positivity closes off the conversation. Like there's there's no room for like, let's talk about this more. No, 100%. For me, with you as your friend, and, and with any anybody, anybody that I'm friends with, and maybe that's why I don't have a lot of friends is because I'm not good at, like, always dishing out that, that like, everything will be fine. I, I tend to be brutally honest. <laughs> I tend to validate people in a way that maybe they don't want, they don't want that right then and there. You know, like, I... I'm sure there are times when you don't want me to, to want to hear me say certain <laughs> things, you know? And, and like... The, Thank God you stick with me. But, (laughs) you know, I always try to be the person that doesn't come off with the toxic positivity because it it closes off conversation then. And if you're coming to me as a friend and you're saying, this is what I'm dealing with, this is what I'm going through, I don't want to close off that conversation. If it's your choice to say, I had to get that out, I'm done. I'm done with this conversation. That's fine. I'll drop it. I'll end it. I want that to be your choice to make. I don't want to be the deciding factor for you to say, Courtney, everything's fine. It's going to be fine. Just keep your head up. What the fuck are you going to come back and say? Like, (laughs) fuck, you know you're wrong? Like, Yeah, it stops the conversation immediately. It stops the conversation. I think uh, if there's any advice we can give would be, if you want to be that person who you know what, maybe you don't want to engage or be a support for that person, then yes, continue to use your toxic positive statements. (laughs) But if you're actually trying to be a supportive friend and a supportive family member or whatever you are to the person that needs support, then you need to 
open up the conversation. You need to validate feelings. You need to acknowledge feelings, you know, and you need to avoid saying things like everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. God only gives special kids to special people. Uh, (laughs) Avoid these things, people. And remember, we do love you. So like, we're not trying to hate on you. Yeah. And I think also like if you are on the receiving end of that, like communicate. Listen, I am like one of the worst communicators in the world. I have been working on it for the last 10 years. But like growing up, I was the absolute where I did. I never communicated. I never communicated my wants, my needs, my anything. Right. Like I would talk about my trauma and shit, but I wouldn't say like, hey, I need this. (laughs) Like I need you to do this for me. And so I th- I don't think I'm like the minority here. I think that as humanity as a whole, we're all kind of like tiptoeing around communicating yeah. directly. And I think if you are on the receiving end of that toxic positivity, it's going to be really, really brave of you. But I think you have to say like, this isn't helping me. This isn't, yeah. uh, this isn't what I need in this moment. Like, yeah. Let's take a step back. I'm going to I'm going to say what I just said again and you're going to approach me in a different way cuz I need support. And this is the very common thread throughout all of our podcasts is that we need support. We need resources. If you are not getting that support from the people who are closest to you, communicate that and say this isn't Or cut them the fuck out. Or cut them the fuck out. But like you you have it takes work on your part too. You can't just expect people to be mind readers and say like this isn't working for me. This isn't what I need. We need to approach this in a different way. I need your support. And like, you're giving me some toxic positivity right now. And, and, yeah. and my issues do not negate the like gratitude that I have. And that's it. So there you, know, you go. There you go. Communicate, everybody. Oh, as always, <laughs> we hope we didn't ruffle too many feathers. We never know. I don't know. <laughs> never know. I have no But idea. we really, really thank you all that you keep coming back. We do. We do. And we thank you that you make it through every episode. So I we would love to hear any toxic positivity that you've gotten in the past. Yeah, so throw them at us. Yeah, because there's some em. good ones out there. There's some good ones. So feel free to reach out to us. But, you know, we just want to really thank you guys for listening and tuning into the Bitching and Bullising podcast. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Bitching and Bolusing podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe for future episodes. Previous episodes can be heard on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. If you like what we said, please be sure to give us a share. You can follow us on Instagram at Bitching and Bolusing. And you can visit us at www.bitchingandbolusing.com.